the obedience of faith. That's an expression that St. Paul uses in today's second reading, which was taken from the very first chapter of his letter to the Romans. He writes, Through Jesus Christ we have received the grace of apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. Now we know that this particular idea was very, very important to St. Paul. Because 16 chapters later, at the very end of the book of Romans, he uses the exact same expression. He says, To him who can strengthen you, according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret for long ages, but now manifested through the prophetic writings, and according to the command of the eternal God, made known to all nations, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever and ever. Amen. So it's the thought he begins the letter with, and it's the thought he wants to leave us with as we finish the epistle. My question, my brothers and sisters, is this. Was he thinking of Mary and Joseph when he wrote that line, that expression? When he was writing about the obedience of faith, were Mary and Joseph on his mind? They certainly could have been, and I dare say they should have been, because I can't think of two people who demonstrated faithful obedience more completely, faithful obedience to Almighty God, than Joseph and Mary. Remember, and this is something we can often forget, but remember, neither Mary nor Joseph understood all that we understand concerning the events surrounding the birth of Jesus. We are 2,000 years removed from the fact. We have the witness of Scripture and 2,000 years of Christian history. They didn't. We know all the details and what they meant. Neither of them saw the complete picture. Neither of them fully understood what God was doing in them and through them. They understood some of it, but not all of it. However, whenever Mary and Joseph did come to realize what God wanted them to do in a particular situation, they obeyed God's instruction. We see this over and over again in the infancy narratives. They obeyed the Lord immediately and regardless of the cause. And make no mistake about it. Doing the will of God cost Mary and Joseph personally. For example, Joseph, as we heard in today's Gospel, did not initially understand how Mary got pregnant. But once he did understand, he acted as God wanted him to act. Even though it probably tarnished his image in the eyes of many people. And the same was true for our Blessed Mother. She was pregnant during the betrothal period, which was not the engagement period. And this typically lasted for several months. During that period of betrothal, a couple, according to Jewish law, was considered married. That's why it speaks of Joseph as the husband here and Mary as the wife. It doesn't say they were engaged, an engaged couple. They were betrothed. But they did not live together during that time. Which means, quite simply, that Mary was pregnant at a time 
when she shouldn't have been. Can you imagine what the talk was around Nazareth? The gossip must have been flying around all over the place. Gee, I always thought Mary was such a good girl. Do her parents know what's going on? Do they approve of all this? And how about Joseph? Why is he still with that woman? Why didn't he do the honorable thing and divorce her? Obviously, for both Mary and Joseph, the obedience of faith was much more important than the gossip of their neighbors. And this is what we see again and again in the infancy narratives, in Matthew and Luke. Remember, Matthew and Luke are the only two gospel writers who tell us about the birth of Jesus. But we see over and over again constant obedience on the part of Mary and Joseph rooted in trusting faith. After Jesus' birth, for example, Joseph was told by the angel in a dream to take our Lord and his mother down to Egypt and to stay there until further notice. St. Matthew describes the scene in this way, and here I quote, he says, Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt. The implication there, from the way Matthew writes the story, is that Joseph acted Immediately, he did, he did not even wait until morning. Once God's will became crystal clear to him, he carried it out without any hesitation whatsoever. He acted just as quickly, he acted just as decisively when the angel told him a while later to take Mary and Jesus and go back to Israel because Herod was dead. And we see the same faith-filled obedience in our Blessed Mother. Gabriel said, Mary, Almighty God is asking something special of you. He's asking you to be the instrument through which his Son, his divine Son, Jesus, will be born into this world. Mary's response was immediate. Be it done unto me according to your word, O Lord. And of course, given the fact that our Blessed Mother never ever committed a single sin in her entire life, her attitude was the same in every situation of her life, not just in the events surrounding our Lord's birth. Be it done unto me according to your word, O Lord. In other words, whatever you want, God, I want. And whenever you want it, I'm ready. The kind of faithful obedience that we see in Mary and in Joseph is something we don't see enough of in our world today. As our new Holy Father, Pope Francis, has been reminding us in so many of his talks and writings recently, there he has been making the point over and over again to priests and laity alike that we need as Christians to act according to what we say we believe. Our Holy Father is not naive. Pope Francis is well aware of the fact that nowadays, unfortunately, faith and obedience are often treated as if they are separate and distinct realities. So many people today think that they can profess faith without having to obey. Oh yeah, I believe, but I hate that person who hurt me. Oh yeah, I believe, but I steal from my employer. Oh yeah, I believe, but I cheat on my wife. Oh yeah, I believe, 
but I don't pay my employees a just wage. Oh yeah, I believe, but I contracept. Oh yeah, I believe, but I don't give a care about the less fortunate. Oh yeah, I believe, but I don't forgive. And on and on the list goes. And you'll notice something. Those who say these kinds of things will always have a quote-unquote good excuse for their disobedience. Is it any wonder that so many people do not experience great blessings from the Lord these days? You see, the obedience of faith is what eventually brings us God's greatest blessings. Because of the obedience of faith that was present in the lives of Mary and Joseph, the world has been blessed. The world was blessed with the birth of its Savior, and through that Savior we have been blessed and are blessed with the hope of eternal salvation. We've been blessed with forgiveness and with mercy and with the truth that sets us free, the truth that leads to eternal life. And these blessings that come from the obedience of faith, they can come to us, believe it or not, even after we have first been disobedient. We should say, wow, that's great news, because you know what? All of us can be disobedient. I know I am. At least from time to time, we all are. It reminds me of a young woman I know who 18 years ago, back in 1995, got pregnant out of wedlock. She was Catholic. She is Catholic. She has good Catholic parents. So she knew the right thing to do in that situation. And she did the right thing. What her faith required her to do. She took that child to term, she gave birth to a beautiful, healthy baby boy named Eric. Then she made another very difficult decision. She gave Eric up for adoption, believing that it would be better for him to be raised by two loving parents in a good, stable Catholic home. It was difficult for her, but she did it. She arranged the adoption through Catholic social services with the understanding that if the adoptive parents and Eric were in agreement, there could eventually be some contact between them. But it would have to be through the agency. And thankfully, there was some contact over the past 18 years between them all, letters and such, and it was all good. But over the last several months, a whole new dimension has been added by the grace of God. And I should mention at this time, Eric graduated from high school this past June with honors. From what I know of him, he's a fine young man who has a very bright future. He's now a freshman in college with a double major, no less. But anyway, several months ago, his birth mother sent him through the agency the journal that she kept during her pregnancy in which she wrote about her experience and about the love and hopes that she had for her child. Well, it seems that Eric was so moved by what he read that he said, forget about the agency. I'm going to contact my mother directly. And he did. 
via Facebook. See, Facebook does have some good uses. And since then, praise God, there has been personal face-to-face -face contact and visits and many blessings for everybody involved, the birth mom, her parents, the adoptive parents, and of course, Eric himself. Let me close my homily now by reading to you the very brief note that Eric sent to his birth mom this past Mother's Day. I think this letter shows how her obedience of faith 18 years ago has been the source of countless blessings from God and continues to be so. This was written, obviously, before they had physically met. Eric wrote, Though I have never met you, I know that you love me more than anything in the world. I just wanted to let you know that I love you too. I am grateful for your decision 18 years ago when you became a mommy. And you gave me up so that our lives would be fulfilling. Look at where we are now and what we have done. Separate paths slowly becoming one. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. Somewhere in heaven, my brothers and sisters, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Mary and Joseph and Jesus are smiling.